of the Lamb. Amen. We bless the name of the Lord Jesus this morning. Greet everyone that's joined with us. Good to see your faces. And those that we cannot see your face, we still welcome and greet you all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Pray God will richly bless you this morning. Is that the lights of home I see? You're looking for that home, that city, the resurrected saints, the rapture, It's our hunger, it's our desire, it's our yearning to step across that great divide into that eternity. We're standing on the brink of eternity this morning. Amen. Let's start with verse 1. My soul, Lord, how long till my toiling end? Sweet 
at all, won't it? Be worth every trial that we go through, every test. It just doesn't matter if we have Christ waiting at the end of the trial. Amen. So let the storms rage high and the dark clouds rise. <clears throat> Key of F, I believe. So let the storms rage high, the dark clouds rise. They won't Oh 
got a testimony this morning from uh, the Drake family, Brother Ben and Sister Amanda, and I just want to read this out to you. About a month ago, they had put a request in for Sister Amanda's uncle in Manitoba, her uncle Alvin. He was in the hospital with COVID and and was told by the doctor he had just a few days to live. His lungs were black and he wasn't able to breathe on his own. He posted to the family his time was up. Brother Ben writes, he says, we wrote back and we said we were praying. We even snuck in some prayer line faith building Brother Branham clips and said we weren't giving up that easy. After the saints prayed, he felt a renewed strength. He got up and he started walking the hallways. Doctor said if he could breathe on his own, he could go home. So Alvin took the oxygen off and the next day the doctor was marveled he could breathe on his own. They gave him a clean bill of health and sent him home. We want to thank the Lord for his healing and the opportunity to share the faith we have by the message of the hour. We never know what the Lord has in store for our families. Amen. God stops COVID in its tracks. Amen. There's nothing too big for God. There's nothing too small for God. He is our God. He is mighty. He is able. He is all powerful. And we worship him this morning. God bless the Drake family. And may their uncle come to know him in a greater way. Come to know the Lord Jesus in a mighty way. More than ever before in his life. We just have to have a prayer request. Brother John, could I ask you um, if you could unmute and we'll ask you to take prayer this morning. I'd sure appreciate that. Um, We're so thankful for technology and all that we can do in these times. And we just uh, have one prayer request here for uh, Brother Clarence Pruitt. Um, That's uh, Sister Haley Snow, Brother Ryan's wife. I believe that's her grandfather. He's in the hospital and they put in a request for him. So we just want to remember that in prayer this morning. Brother John, why don't you just lead us in prayer if you can, please. Thank you.
Our dear Heavenly Father, Lord, what a joy and what a pleasure it is to be able to speak to you today. The greatest pleasure that a mortal can have is to bow their head and close their eyes and speak to an almighty God that is ever-present, omnipresent. He's in the room there at Cloverdale Bible Way in Canada. He's spreading through the rooms throughout hundreds that are connected by Zoom and by the Internet today. Our God is great. He's not a God of wood or of stone. He's not just down to one location. He's all in every place, in every room, in every heart. God, we have our hands lifted up because we are approaching you as our Father. And we thank you for this testimony of our brother Drake gave today. Oh God, you are the healer. You are the Savior. You are the deliverer. You are omnipresent and mighty God to go to every need. So hands are lifted up, hearts are lifted up. We are connected because of a love because of a desire to be with you one another, all the effort that's been put together to see one another, to hear the voice of the message that's going to be delivered in a few minutes through our brother, through our brother, Lord. I just pray, Lord, that as hands are lifted up and hearts in this prayer, opening prayer and praying for the needs of the people, that you would minister in a great and a powerful way today. Lord, let it be sensed in every person's room. Let the pillar of fire and the angel of the Lord visit every place and vindicate, Lord, your personal presence. Be with Sister Haley's grandfather. Lord, he has need of you there in Texas. Many prayers have gone up for him. And Lord, I pray for him today and pray for others that are needy today. Unspoken requests and needs in the assembly and in the family of God worldwide. That as our brother Nathan has already said, you are greater than any disease, any affliction. And as we breathe in the word today and breathe in the the musicians there are bringing into our homes. I pray that you would be pleased. And that your presence, Lord, would make the difference, Lord. Some are all alone. Some are with two or three or their family. But we are alone together. We are together, but we're never alone. Minister today, may today's service be a mighty expression of your power. Whether two or three are gathered in your name, that you would be present. That demon spirits would be cast out. That hearts would be healed sitting there, standing there. That lives would be set free and answers to their questions would be dropped down by revelation. Lord, would you do that today and bless our brother Nathan and the musicians, the singers, and the ministry of your word now as we've waited for this day. We have waited for this moment. May you speak to us now and minister, I pray, Jesus, in this service to you, all of us together, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, Brother John. We appreciate that so much. You can have your seats if you like this morning. Just have a quick announcement um, just to, uh, that there's a service tonight at uh, at the camp at 4 p.m. And I believe Brother Ernie Villanueva is going to be speaking. 
this evening, so we're sure looking forward to that. It's been a, a long, long while since we've heard Brother Ernie and seen his face, and we're looking forward to that. And we've got a special this morning, Brother Mike and uh, Brother Matt, you don't mind coming up, and we'll sing a special for you. Maybe while they're coming, I just want to thank you, Lord, for letting me hear your word. I just want to thank you, Lord, for letting me hear your word. What have I done to deserve such glory revealed in me? Thanks for that special night when I saw your glorious light came face to face. With eternal life, oh Lord, I thank you. I just want to thank you. Oh, I just want to thank you, Lord, for letting me hear your word. What have I done to deserve such glory revealed in me? Thanks for that special night. When I saw your glorious light, came face to face with eternal life, Lord, I thank you. Amen. Face to face with eternal life. Praise God. God bless you. Sing this for a long time. The world knows we're in a troubled time. The Christians know that we're at the end time, but by the grace of God, we have eyes to see, ears to hear a glorious message that would lead us to the very presence and the coming of the Lord and give us rest in this time of trouble. I just pray that you would be praying as you hear this song and thanking the Lord for what he's done for you. I'm so glad he touched my eyes that I might see.
and the message we have heard. I'm so glad He came to make us realize. came to earth to tell them to his bride and he promised in his word that we'd never ever part cause he writes his precious word upon the tables of our hearts of the master's hand amen welcome brother tom we're going to sing gone the stone is rolled back gone the tomb is empty gone the stone is rolled back gone the tomb is empty gone to sit at the father's right Oh, God. 
Designated places, God knew in his great mind. We'd all be standing here, Brother John, lifting up our hands, glorifying the King of glory. Well, God bless you. Greetings this morning in the name of Jesus Christ from both Brother Biscoll, myself, and the ministry. Um, you know, this is, this is probably as bizarre as I'm ever going to have in my life. I don't know if whether I mentioned last week or not. I was here on a Wednesday night and, and, uh, I was the only one sitting in a in a sanctuary of uh, 720 people, so that was a, a surreal experience. And so, if it's going to get weirder, I don't know how much weirder it can be. But one thing for sure, we know in whom we have believed, and we're persuaded. And you know, a lot of times we um, we say, "Well, we're going to be the Book of Acts. We write another chapter of the Book of Acts." Well, I got no Paul or Saul's hunting us down to throw us in jail. I've got nobody in the catacombs that we got to go preach in the, in the, in the earth with no light. I, we've got none of that. It's not as, as horrific as we maybe in our minds would think. But I know one thing for sure. The more this goes on, the more I look up and know my redemption, Dawd and I. And so without any further delay, let's just bow our heads in a word of prayer. Our dear Heavenly Father, as we honor the resurrection this morning, knowing, Lord, how the hearts of the saints would love to be together, gathered in a room, worshiping you, the true and living God. But for whatever reasons, Lord, down the road we'll find out, as the songwriter said, we'll understand it better by and by. But we realize there is a people that will stand in, thus saith the Lord, that will conquer death, that will take the rapture change, that we'll walk those streets of gold together, rejoicing, Lord, in the goodness of God. We ask that you bless each and every one, every mother, father, every brother, sister, every one, Lord, that is gathered around this body, word of the Son of Man. We ask that your blessing now be upon the opening of the word, that you will inspire both speaker and hearer, that the word of God would strike our souls, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, musicians. 
Thank you for your faithfulness. And we thank you for the gift of God within your lives. Without any further delay, let's turn to Matthew 28. Matthew chapter 28. My goodness, I'm starting to, you know, as time goes on and, and I see these different ones growing up. There was a, I, Isabel had a, a birthday yesterday, 16, and I get a picture of these young ladies. They were once babies that we dedicated and now they're growing up like this. Brother Mike, I'm starting to feel a tad old, just a tad, but we're happy to see that the glory of God is upon our children and upon the revelation of what God is doing for them. So God bless you all. Let's turn to Matthew 28, as we said. We'll read at verse 1. In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. Behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended and rolled back the stone from the door and the door was opened as we spoke on last week we'd like to speak on part two the great door is opened and the bible goes on to say here the stone from the door and he sat upon it his countenance was like the lightning and his raiment white as snow and for fear of him the keepers did shake and became as dead man And the angel answered and said unto the women, look at the men, they fainted, but the women still had a revelation. They they, they stood there. Hey, listen, if you don't have Christ, I'd be quaking right now myself. Let me tell you, saints of God, if you didn't have Jesus Christ, I would be fainting like a dead man. And because you're hearing of this, you know, people, you know, healthy one day, three days later, they're, they're in the morgue. They're dead. And they have no hope. Of eternal life. But by the grace of God. We have this hope. That is eternal within us. And here they are now. For fear of him. The keepers did shake. Became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the women. Fear ye not. Fear not. For I know what you seek. Jesus. Which was crucified. He's not here. For he has risen as he said. Come see the place. Where the Lord laid. And go quickly and tell his disciples. That he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall you see him. Lo, I have told you. And they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy. And did run to bring his disciples word. Let's pray one more time. Heavenly Father, we can truly say gone. The stone has been rolled back. The door indeed is open. And it's open to all those that have been called to this great eternal life, this great gift of God. Lord, whether it be any of the children or even the adults that have joined this morning that have not known you in the power of your resurrection, I pray, God, that you will find an entrance into the door of their heart that they themselves then could walk into you, Jesus Christ, the living word. Bless this service now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may have your seats. God bless you. I'm going to do something that's very different and very strange for me, and I'm going to use my iPad this morning. I've seen the brothers, how how they've moved in technology, and I'm still in the horse and buggy age and, and sort of getting the reins in my hands, so to speak, but now I, 
my printer or whatever wouldn't print out some of my notes. So I said, well, okay, well, let's try and see how we go. So you be praying for me, and uh, we'll just uh, trust that we don't go through the 20-some-odd pages that we have here. So I know that you got, you're nervous already, but we'll take it easy. It, while you're sitting, I'd like you to turn also. These are scriptures that we covered, but I just want to give a, a background for those maybe that hadn't joined us last week. But I'd like you to turn to John chapter 10. John chapter 10. And we can read in verse 1. John 10 and verse 1. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth in some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. So very quickly, we start to understand there's only one door that we need to run into, and that is Christ. There's no other door. You try to come to any other way, but you've got to come through Christ, who is the door, who is the word, and that is our entrance. Verse 9, he goes on to say, I am the door. Anybody got a question who the door is? I think your question now can be answered. Jesus is saying again, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Wow, wonderful scripture. Jesus is the door. Now, with Jesus being the door, and of course, when Jesus was the manifestation of the promise of the word of God for his hour, and there was many people standing there looking at Jesus, and he made a declaration, I'm the door. No man, I, you got, I'm the only entrance there is to go to eternity. Um, that's a big statement. That's a, you know, for us, we take it easy and, oh, well, of course, Brother Tom, we know that scripture. We've been taught that since we were in Sunday school. Jesus is the door to the sheepfold and I am the door. But when Jesus was the revelation of the word of the hour at the time that he was speaking this, that was the only way you could come. The law was now changing. It was moving into another dispensation. And the people had to move with that word into the place where the great shepherd was guiding them. And that was into him. And if you didn't follow him, but you say, I want to stay with Moses or I want to stay with Abraham. I want to stay with the Old Testament. You didn't come in the way that Christ was wanting you to come in. So Peter in verse 1 and uh, chapter 1, 1 Peter 1, chapter 1, verse 11, 1, 1, 1, he says, For an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So an entrance will be given you. Who's he talking to? We found very quickly last week he only is talking to his elect because only his elect actually hear the voice of the shepherd. So he's speaking to his children, to those that have been called. And if you've been called this morning and you haven't come through this door called Christ Jesus, I would say to you, run into him and be safe. This is your time. This is the season. This is not when you want to hear it's too late. This is not when you want to hear the door is now closed. Surely, Brother Tom will let us into the kingdom. It's not Brother Tom. It's not the church at Cloverdale Bible Way. It is Jesus Christ himself. And you must come into him the word. 
So now a great entrance shall be ministered to you. So we've had various voices throughout the ages. We've had the seven church age messengers. We've had apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers that God has given gifts into the church to give us an abundant entrance so that we can run into Christ where we know in the Garden of Eden it was perfect. It was absolutely perfect. Mike, can you imagine Adam and Eve walking with, with all the, uh, the, the glory of God and all that was given to them? They could travel like a thought. They could move around the earth. They could be with any animal that they wanted. They were just having a glorious time in the presence of God. But when sin came in, that entrance to Eden was closed. The only way to get back was through those cherubims that had those flaming swords. And you only had one way to get in, and that was through the door. And the door was Christ. And they turned down eternal life and the tree of life. But then, as the prophet comes into this generation, he said, now cherubims are driving us back to this entrance. Back into Eden again. Because there's going to be a restored Adam, Eve, and Eden. So now, as Paul writes, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith. Access by faith into the, into this grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. My goodness. Isn't this sound wonderful? And therefore being justified by faith. We have peace. And he goes on to say. By whom also we have access. So we got doors and doors and doors. And we have access, access, access. But there's only one door and there's only one access. And he's trying to get us through that word. For whom also we have access by faith into this grace, wherein we stand. Paul writes then to the Ephesians 2 and 18, just laying a foundation. For for through him we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. So now it says in another translation, it says, for it's through him. That we both, whether far off or near. So he's talking about whether it be us in the Ephesian church age or in the Laodicean church age. He's talking about us both. That through him, that we both, whether far off or those that are near, now have an introduction or an access by the Holy Spirit. So that we're able now to approach him. Think about it. He made a way of access through the blood that we might enter into eternal peace at a time of trouble. We say, well, these are troubled times, my friend. And we all clap. These, you know, that, that, that really, that's a paradox, isn't it? These are troubled times, my friend. Huh? Where, you know, you should be singing, these are troubled times, my friend. No, there's not troubled times for the believer. We're in him. He's the mighty conqueror. He's the one that we stand in. He's the one that we've been given access. And he says, behold, I have set before you an open door. 
Who is he talking to? Brother Bram said he's talking to his bride. At the end of the seven ages, he's telling us, Brother Nathan, you have access, access to this open door. And in that door is glory upon glory upon glory. A lot of people are quaking. A lot of people are, are saddened. A lot of people don't even know where to run. They just run. They just run. Like chickens with their head cut off. Saints, I want to run to Christ. I want to run into this word and, and find out what the word says, what the bride's going to be. We're not a bunch of mindless zombies that don't know where we're going or where we've come from. We know we've come from God and we know we're going back to God. So now on this way back, he is granting us access. He's given us direction. He's given us focus. He's given us the mind of God to let this bride. Can you finish it? When the bride realizes her what? I want to see your mouth. I want to see your mouth move. I'm watching your mouth there. When you're, when she finds her position, not running from her position, but running to her position in Christ, then the rapture takes place. So all these events that take place are not for your detriment. They're for your encouragement. That we, like David, doesn't matter who you want to type or be our shadow. In the Old Testament, they stood and they knew. Devil, do not defy the armies of the living God. Don't defile this bride. Whenever tribulation, Brother Bram said, when tribulation comes to his elected lady, she gets stronger. Stronger. Not weaker. Oh, not crying. Not wondering. Oh, is this ever going to be over? Saints of God. Anybody read this scripture? Here's a, here's a question to you. Anybody ever read this scripture? All that can be shaken. Oh, but we love it when, when all five, eight hundred of us were here. Everybody roared, Amen! All that can be shaken will be shaken. So that which cannot be shaken shall remain. And we all said, Amen! Saints, it's shaken times. But those that have been birthed in the revelation of who you are in Christ will never be shaken. Hmm, it's getting real quiet in here. No, I thank you, Andrew. It's not getting real quiet. It's getting alive and well. We know in whom we have believed. For as many as I love, Jesus said. And this is why we're coming down to the end, Brother Orange. Just think about it. You might not get married. Woo! Not Take that sound bite off, please. Don't let, don't let Amberly hear that one. It's that close. It's that close. But we're going to be married. We are married to him. We're going to the wedding supper. This is how close. Let's, let's speed it up a little bit, Brother Orn. Don't, don't, don't wait till next year. Let's get it done. All right. You've waited long enough. You've waited long enough. We're behind you at 120,000%. But as many as I love, I rebuke. We need rebuke. 
This is at a time when everybody thinks, I'll do my own thing. That was a dangerous time for Israel after Joshua passed off the scene. That was a dangerous time when everybody did right. That was, was right in their own eyes. Very dangerous time. You do not do what's right in your own eyes. We have been given, thus saith the Lord. We stand on, thus saith the Lord. And we do not move from, thus, thus saith the Lord. I don't go by Tom Ray's feelings. I don't go by any man's feelings. I go by the word and the word alone. And that's where the bride stands. For as many as I love, then if I have been rebuked by God, which I have, it must go to show he loves me. He loves me. And he's chastened me. And he's rebuked me. But be zealous, therefore, and run away. Get yourself some fig leaf religion. Huh? I, you hurt me. Don't say those things. Saints, I have never preached as hard as that prophet has preached. Let me tell you. He laid the, the, the ladies out or the women out. He laid out the denomination. He called it the mark of the beast. He, he called it out. And he rebuked this generation. But it was the love of God reaching out to the redeemable. As many as I love, I rebuke. And as, and as many as I love, I, I tenderly, tenderly rebuke them. Showing them, showing then their faults and instructing them so. This is a Greek translation. So be enthusiastic and repent. Change your inner self. Your old ways of thinking. Your sinful behavior to God's will. And I'm looking at a group of people that have done that. I say, praise God. We were driven by the God of this evil age, Mike. We were looking for a Friday night. Everything was Friday night. Everything was focused Friday. Then you could settle down Saturday and be half decent then on Sunday and go back to that same treadmill. But praise God, we got a deliverance. We got a rebuking. We got a chastising. But he tenderly did it through his word. And it changed us, saints of God, because he is the way. He is the door. And you cannot come any other way. So thus we take the quote. And now I'm going to take it again. And enlarge a little bit on it throughout this service. If you want to write it down. It's in the Philadelphian church age. It's the Philadelphian church age in the church age book. He said I have set before you an open door. I have set before you an open door. I want you to look at these words again. So brother Brown now is making an emphasis. I've set before you an open door. So now I spoke last Sunday on the open door. We speak this Sunday on the open door. And he says, I want you to look at these words again. This time, though I'm not going to disassociate it from missions. So he knows then the Philadelphian age was an age called the age of the open door. When the, when the word started to go forth and, and he says, I'm not going to disassociate this to missions because we will preach the word here in Cloverdale as much as brother Tim would preach it in Angola or Uganda. It doesn't matter where we go. It's like I said, if you can't missionary in your own backyard, don't go to some other field. We've missionaried with our children since 1985. 35 years of ministering to our children at camp. Brother Biscoe said, we should have family camp, Brother Tom. I said, absolutely. Never done a camp in my life. 
But 35 years down the road, here we are. Why do we do it? We will missionary to our own field. As well, we will missionary to the other fields of the land. So he says, I won't disassociate that from missions. And Lord willing, next Sunday morning, Brother Tim, this is coming down to the end of the year, whether he feels on his heart to give a missions report, however he feels like it. This is this a last punch. We're still mission-minded. We will always be mission-minded. And that will not change. That vision will not change from us. We are not cabbaging down to some little local church that just it's us four and no more. We want to spread this gospel to the elected lady around the earth. And when we see great revivals that are taking place, whether it be in Uganda, whether it be in China, whether it be anywhere, saints, we want to see that elected lady come in, wherever that last seat is. So he says, now I'm going to bring you to a thought. This is Brother Bram saying now back in the church age book. I'm going to bring you a thought that carries deep into the last age. So he's talking about the Philadelphian church age, now going deep into the Laodicean church age. So he's giving us, he's giving us a window here. As I've already stated, this age melts into the last. So it's not one age stops and another age starts. It's a melting in. This age goes in to the Laodicean church age. So now he's, he's given us an idea. It is in this age, Jesus said, I come quickly. I come quickly. Verse 11. Of the last age, He's going to finish the work and cut it short in righteousness because it's a short work. Will the Lord make upon the earth? Romans 9 and 28. Now notice how these verses of Revelation 3 and 8 goes. The open door, a little strength, the word, the name. Now notice he says, he says that opens the door to do all three. This door now is going to open to give you strength, to illuminate the word, and for the glory of God. I want you to notice those three steps now. Very important. How that we had a little strength, but that door opening, Brother Michael, is going to give us strength. Strength to withstand anything Satan can throw at her. We're not at Ephesians. We're not at the feet. We're not at the thigh. We're not at the breast. We're in the intelligence of God. So now the door is going to open, Anthony. And that door is opening. This message is opening to give you strength to combat Satan when all hell is breaking onto this earth. If you want to have a a real treat... Go to your little book file and take out Feast of the Trumpets. And I, I can't imagine somebody in one read can read that book. Read it in five reads. I've been reading it for two weeks. And you start to realize more and more. Now we see hell has expanded its borders. Hell is breeding in the land. Hell has come into your homes by gaming. Hell has come into your home by music. Hell has come into your homes by education. I know that's not popular, but I'll stick with the prophet. I'll stay with thus saith the Lord. So hell has expanded its borders. Now, you think or I think 
that we had little strength, could combat Satan. We couldn't even combat Satan in our unsaved state. And there's no way that you're going to be able to combat Satan unless God opens himself and allows you to come in. This is the hour we're living. And now you that had little strength will be strengthened. You that had little word, now the open word has come by your way. And that will illuminate Christ. And that will give him the glory. And this is the age that we're now living in, saints of God. Do not look, and I'm so tired of people looking at these circumstances that are around us and affecting their natural psyche. Their natural man. Never should we allow, you want to read why Christ speak, if you believe the message, Brother Bram said, circumstances should never direct our lives. Only the word directs our lives. The word himself. So now watch. This door is now open. It has once had little strength, little word. And now he's going to open that door. And then Jesus said, verily, verily, I say to you, I am the door. So the door was open a little. Now he's going to open it wide open. Those seals are going to bust loose. We say a seals and we say a book and everybody's mind starts to go in circles. That's who he is. He is those seals. He is the book. It's not the mystery. It's those that are contained inside him. Doors in a door. I am the door of the sheep. Hmm. I am the door. He's the door of the sheep. This is not a quaint This is not a quaint expression. Oh, Jesus is the door. Or I'm the shepherd. John, do you remember preaching on the sheep in, what, 10 years ago? Right? And and, and people are saying, stop preaching at me. I thought, why preach? I would want to know who I am. I'm a sheep. No, he's calling me a goat. What? That shocked me out of my mind. It's like one person, you know, going out of the meeting with Brother Branham. He called me this. He said, I don't know about you, but he called me an eagle. It depends on what kind of ears you're hearing. So now he's the door. It's not a quaint expression, he says. This is actually so. Now we're getting down. We'll dig a little deeper here. And now notice. This speaks now of the door opening. What is that but a revelation of him? God is going to open himself to give a revelation of himself to illuminate the word so that you could glorify the king. And that's the one that's worthy of it. Not some football star, baseball star. These guys that are getting paid $150 million to, to run a football down the... It's ridiculous. These are fallen stars and people will be in there and they'll paint themselves. They'll do everything. They'll shout. They'll scream. They'll blow horns. I have not seen a horn in this place. I'm sorry. I haven't heard a clacker. And they're standing up and they're shouting for these people. That tomorrow they could be stoned out of their mind. 
running around with some whore somewhere, doing something that's unclean, and we worship those gods. Not say we, they worship. Laodicea worships them. But now Jesus, the King of glory, the great I am, the great star, himself, and nobody, even the saints of God, have a problem praising him. This is where I get real nervous. When they can do that for an idiotic person with a basketball, football, baseball, and they can scream and yell and hoot and drink and whatever, and they can glorify their God. I'm just wondering, saints of God, whether this illumination of that word is going to cause some glorification of the king of glory. Those that have never said amen will actually go, amen. Actually go hallelujah to the king. Because heaven is going to be filled with it. Amen. And I want to be a part of it, brother Nathan. I might be in the back row somewhere, but I'm going to say hallelujah to the king of glory. Praise his holy name. I'm so thankful that access was given to brother Tom. Hallelujah. This last age, he says, we are coming down. I'm going to bring you to a thought that now carries you into this age. I'm going to bring this now because now the door being opened is a revelation of him. Now think about it, Brother Mike. Here we grew up in the 60s. We were born in the 50s. Man, we're ancient. Huh? Sounds like a long time ago, but it wasn't. It was only a blink. But they didn't even know who God was. They didn't know who God was. They thought he was a trinity. The God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit. They didn't have a clue who God was. And now we sit back and say, I've caught a revelation of who Jesus Christ is. Only because God sent a prophet. And only because he was the fulfillment of Malachi 4. Only because he was the voice that God used in Revelation 10, 7. And that voice that he used was cloaking another voice that was inside. We're not following the voice of a messenger. We're following the voice of the Son of Man himself. Amen. And you say, well, Brother Tom, what is Son of Man? We'll start eating the book. What, what is this? As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the revealing of the Son of Man. It should be a very uh, a simple equation. For a believer to realize a son of man was revealing the son of man. And that we had very little strength to conquer Satan. But faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word. And the full word had to come to give you perfect faith. To go into a perfect rapture. To go to a perfect place, brother Nathan. Hallelujah. Brother Michael, this is a time to shout and sing and jump about. This is a time to let people know, I am a son of God. I might have had little strength, but now the door is open. And now he's given me strength to understand who I am in Christ Jesus. In the midst of this last ages, the revelation, listen to what he says now. The revelation of the deity of Jesus Christ blossoms out before us. Now, there's Ben sitting in the back. I'm so happy to have Ben and, and all you that play and be a part of the 
the church and we've all enjoyed it. But one day, Miss Wright going to come by your way, Ben. Mm-hmm. And put a smile on his face. <laughs> or encourage him, okay? It does happen, okay? So then when Miss Wright comes by, she'll want to know all about Mr. Wright. She'll want to know how he thinks. She wants to know what he is, what his desires are. Is that true, Nathan? You've gone through that already, right? All right. So this is something that becomes our desire is now to know him. And it blossoms out. To know him is life eternal. To know him as savior. To know him as deliverer. To know him as the almighty God. It blossoms out. Brother Bram says, oh, he says, you can talk about Elohim, but Jehovah of the old is Jesus of the new. Do you want to see Elohim? He says, let me turn my back. Mrs. Brown, isn't that true? What was it? He was showing the people that this Jesus Christ was blossoming out to this age. People say, oh, I'm falling in love again over and over. Really? Okay. I want to see it on everybody's face then. I don't like seeing a song you're not doing. Falling in love. Then you fall in love with him. And that starts to blossom out before us. Yes, we knew he was God. How else could he be then Savior? We knew he was God. But to know that he's the only God. Say, oh, Brother Tom, this is that time that is now blending into this age of great doors opening. And now the blossoming of who he is is coming to light. We knew he was God, but we didn't know that he was the only God. God alone. Brother Bram said he's Alpha, he's Omega. Jesus was both Lord and Christ, making him the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, he said, all in one person, all in one person, those were offices that he fulfilled. It's the blossoming of who Jesus is. This has been lost since the first church age. This has been lost since the first church age. But now... We are seeing it again. The revelation of who he was has come back indeed. It's the Godhead. It's not a three-person God. So now he's nailing it. Because even people that worshipped in this church, even behind this pulpit, believe in a Trinity God, but never caught a revelation of the open door. Never caught it whatsoever. He says now, he says it's not three persons. He said for it takes then a personality to make a person. There is only one personality. There is only one person. But they who believe in three persons have a three God Godhead and are guilty of breaking the first commandment. And we said it last week. Hear ye, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one. So those that worship a Trinity Godhead are pagans. Anybody get that? 
Anybody who worships God in a trinity is a pagan. Is a pagan. My. Say, Brother Tom, you're so, it's so, it's so straight, it's so sharp, but it's true. The word of God is a sword. And it cuts both ways. And you must know who he is. And you must catch a revelation. And you must then have him reveal himself to you. Because it's the opening of the door. That is now giving you not little strength but strength. But is now opening the word. So that you could glorify him. So it all falls into place. Strength. Word. Glorification. Once God gives you strength, it illuminates who he is. And when you find out who he is, you want to glorify the king of glory. I say, praise be to God. But they wouldn't even have known who Jesus was, the Lamb of God, unless John would have said, behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. They would have missed it, and they did miss it. They would have missed then Malachi 4. Today, they did miss it. And he was now... Proclaiming the Lamb of God. And as they missed it in the days of Jesus, they'll miss it today. But those that are the elect of God have now strength by the word to glorify him. Hmm. Hmm. You mean I'm not a weakling Christian? You mean I go to church? Only church is going to strengthen me. And then I wear out till Wednesday. And then I finally come to church again and get pumped up again. Really? Is that your revelation of who he is? He's my shepherd. He's the door of the sheepfold. He's the one that gives me strength. He's the one that opens his word. And he's the one that I want to glorify. Now watch. Michael. Or Joe, Joe, let me just say this about Joe. He said, oh, if I was just in the first, born into the first church age, I'd be like them. I'd go to the Colosseum. The lions would eat me. I'd have faith. They would know how I stand. Well, you're not in that first church age. Or you're not under the anointing of the lion. You're in the last church age. So a lot of people just, they always look back. To how strong the believers were. But not realizing that this door has been opened. To give them strength in Christ. So now Brother Ram turns around and he says this. And also in the church age book. In the Smyrna church age. He says. Now he says. There were those that sealed their testimony by their blood. Thousands, yea, millions have died during all the ages. They died in the faith. Like Antipas. The faithful martyr. They held not their lives dear unto death. But often we think that we would almost impossible to be a martyr. Almost impossible to be a martyr. But Brother Branham now wants to let you know because now you don't have little strength. You have strength, Mike. Strength to withstand anything Satan can throw at us. So now he says, dare to recall. That the faith that we daily use. I want you to get this now. The faith that you daily use 
to triumph in Christ, the one who opened the door, the one who gave you strength. He says, I want you to see this, that the faith we daily use to triumph in Christ Jesus is the same faith that upholds the Polycarps and all the martyrs. He said, wasn't that marvelous that they could go to the Colosseum? Wasn't that marvelous they could hang themselves at the stake and, and not recant? But Brother Bram said, the same faith that put them there is the same faith that causes us to triumph daily in Christ Jesus. I'm looking at you, Sister Sherry. I'm looking at you. He said, you're not barely making it. Brother Bram said in Rising on Sunday, you've already made it. So you don't have little strength. You have great strength. And the very faith that let them hang there and be crucified is the same faith that you use daily, Nathan, to triumph over Laodicea. So that's an amazing thing. We have the police now coming into our parking lot. It's crazy times. So I'm sure that the brothers will take care of it. They're here now and when in the, in the, in the thing. Doing everything according to the code. So now here we are standing in faith, believing that what they did, we shall do. We will stand in the faith. We cannot be moved. 1 Corinthians, maybe with your Bibles, you open up to 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 9. For a great door. You got that Bibles open? For the great door and effectual is opened, as I read this last week. Where is it open? Unto me, the Bible says. For a great door and effectual is opened Unto me. And there are just a few adversaries. Does your Bible say that? There's only a few adversaries, John? There's a lot of adversaries. There's a lot of spirits that would try and take you down. But you don't have little strength. Come on. I want you to stay with me. You don't have little strength. You've got great strength. How did the strength come? Come from Christ. Who is Christ? The Word. Who is Christ? He's the open book. Who's Christ? He's the door to the sheepfold. So now Paul's writing to us. For a great door has and is effectual is opened unto me. And there are many adversaries. Listen, like I said last week, we've had mad cow. Chicken disease, pork disease, you name disease, another disease will come tomorrow. We'll have many adversaries. It might come in different avenues. But the word of God is where we stand. It's an effectual door. Or it's a door that has been opened to me. And though there are many adversaries, the Greek says he has given you adequate power. Or force to produce what God has in me, his mind. Can you check that, Nathan, for me? Who they want? 
adequate power. Me? Hmm? All them, okay. All right, we're good. Just mass on everybody. That's great. So God has given us now adequate power. Adequate power to overcome these many, many adversaries. Adequate power. Sister Roxanne, adequate power. Here, here our children came in grade five, grade six, and they went out sweet and they came back a little bit cantankerous. But God has given us adequate power to put them in their place. <laughs> and as they get older, they need more putting in place. But he's given us adequate word, adequate power to put them in place. Look at it. What he says here now, look, he says, we look for Christ to appear, this Jesus. He said he would when he was on earth. A little while in the world, see with me no more, but you shall see me. The same one who could direct the word and be the word directs it right strength to the target. God directed his word right to its target. Because it's going to have an effectual work. God cannot be defeated. He reigns triumphant. He has given us adequate power and force to produce the effect that he had in his mind. He directs it straight to the target. He said that same Lord Jesus is here this morning in the form of the Holy Spirit. To direct our thoughts and focus it down to his word. To one true and living God. Isn't that amazing? That one true. Focus it down now. Because the door is going to be opened. And it's going to give you adequate power, strength. So that the word could be illuminated. So that you could glorify and give him all the glory. God knows how to direct his word. That's why Brother Bram said, he said he couldn't come with Noah's message. He couldn't come with Moses' message. He couldn't have come with a day gone by message. He had to send the word to hit the target, Joseph, so that you could prove to other young men in this Laodicean age, we shall stand. We cannot be moved. Amen. We possess the power of his word. Brother Bram said, he says, you've got the token power within you, which is the very life of God himself. So as that age moved from the Philadelphian church age, the missionary age, into the Laodicean church age, where the gifts were going to be outpoured, God was under obligation by his word. I will restore saith the Lord. All that Adam lost, all that Eve lost, will be restored. What a door. An effectual door. What an opportunity to a dying generation that God would direct his word directly to the target. He targets the elected lady of the bride of Jesus Christ. It will have its effectual work. 
That's why, saints of God, you see people leave here, people leave there, people, how can you leave? Peter, will you leave too? Peter, please leave. He said, Lord, how could we leave? Thou alone have the words of eternal life. It is a factual word. It's a word of power and a force that produces what God had in his mind to produce. That's why I said last week, saints of God, and these are, these are just tremendous quotes. If you just, you know, re-listen or write it down and these are, these are being directed, targeted, Anthony, just to you and Rosie, just targeted. This is what he says now under my commission and Brother Biscal and I were talking about it this week. He said, now I'm just your brother. I'm just your brother. But when the angel of the Lord moves down. Oh, now, now, now we're starting to see how he's targeting the people. He said, when the angel of the Lord moves down, I am the voice of God to you. My God. This is what Brother Mike has little boys we were talking about in the, earlier. Little boys that get dropped off at a, a Sunday school. I wonder, where's my mom and dad? They didn't come in the church. Stop at another church and they, they were singing in the choir and the lady asked me, do you want to sing in the choir at the United Church down uh, uh, outside our home? And so I stood in the choir and didn't understand a word I was saying. Didn't even know the tune. They were weird tunes. The old songs. But we did not understand that. But something in us was driving us to find who we were in God. Brother Brown said, you don't, you never understood it as a little boy, but now it's coming to its fruition. Now it's coming. He said, I am the voice of God to you. Can you imagine him knowing who he was, Nathan? I'm not imagine. People were just caught up in his gift. And oh, if Brother Brown could just tell me where I lived, really? He could have told you a lot of other things. But now he was the voice of God to you. He said, that offended some of you. So now he's reading their thoughts. Now God is discerning, I should say, their thoughts. Forgive me. He's discerning their thoughts. He said, oh, that offended you for me saying that. He said, but I am God's voice to you. God was opening a door where they had little strength. Now he's giving you strength, Nathan, to conquer Satan in Satan's Eden. My. Think of it, Michael. We? Who are we? So the voice of God has come down. It's moved down. And he said, I'll say it again now. Now he caught it by inspiration. He said, now I want to say it with real inspiration. You should go back and listen to how he says it. He says, now I'll say it with real inspiration. He said, well, if I could only hear God, put a tape on. Listen to a, a message this week. Say, I want to hear from God. And don't listen to the message. How do you hear from God? He said, I'm God's voice to you. You had little strength. You had, you had no strength at all, hardly. But I'm going to give you strength. I'm going to illuminate the word. And I'm going to use that for my glorification. I think that's marvelous. 
Look at the world. Brother Briscoe preached, I mean, years ago. It's a marvelous message. Some of you young men, you should go back to some of those old messages that your pastor preached. He preached within two worlds. You never forget a message like that. Because there was a prophet moving in two worlds. He was seeing beings. He was seeing visions. And then he comes back and he sees us. Or them, whoever they were. But I'll say us anyways. He says, I was in a meeting. So I I watched how them visions become material. He said, I thought, oh God, how can it be? When standing here a minute ago, stood a man with his arms folded, looking at me. Oh my goodness. And I heard his voice talking to me, telling me things that's going to happen there. That's never failed. And yet he vanishes in thin, thin air. Can you imagine, Brother Michael? Can you imagine? Oren, here's a man. He says, imagine a man standing beside me, telling me things to come, and he vanishes in thin air. This is what he says. I know, then, there is a land beyond the river. There's a land beyond the river. There's a region yonder somewhere that the glorious persons of the great angels of God And his beings are fellowshipping again. Don't you want to go to heaven? (laughs) Can you imagine? Here he was in that realm. He said, because I saw that man and showing me things to come. Here they are, those angel beings fellowshipping in another region. It tells me there's a land beyond the river. It's not to give you little strength. This voice did not come to give you little strength. Just going to make it today. The virus just about got me. Who cares about the virus? Brother Bram said you can't go unless your cards pull. God can't. Satan can't take you unless God wants you home. So until that time he wants you home, you're, you're invincible. <laughs> oh, I know that one goes, that really goes down real hard for some. So Christ, Jesus... This one that has now become illuminated to us. This one, this lovely Lord, Jesus, has given us a desire and an inside drive to go to another place. They call it in the world purpose-driven life. I'll call it an effectual driven life. God has effectually opened a door and given you power to go through the door and to conquer any situation that you come into. Jesus, being the word, Jesus, being the Word. Everybody got that now? Jesus, being the Word, knew every situation. Is that correct? Joe, you can go with me on that one? Jesus, being the Word, knew every situation. So when Jesus, time to redeem fallen man, He knew what awaited him. Is that true, Brother Mike? 
Jesus, being the word, knew what was awaiting him at Calvary. He knew that he would be beaten. He knew the mockery. He knew it all. He knew the situation. Jesus knew the situation. He knew Golgotha awaited him. He knew Gethsemane awaited him. But he didn't run from it, saints. Come on, word bride. He's the word masculine. We are the word feminine. God has given us direction in this hour and every situation. Jesus knew what awaited him. And the Bible says he set his face steadfastly to Jerusalem. He wasn't trying to escape it. He ran to it. He was the fullness of the word and surrendered fully to where it was leading him. He knew that there was pain and suffering to go through. He knew that he would be marred more than any other man. He was the word. So he knew what the word said that the word would go through to achieve what he had in mind, to redeem fallen man. So this door had to go through many situations so that he could make a way for Mike Gagne and Tom Ray to walk through. For the joy that was set before him, yet he knew what awaited him. He knew what awaited him. There was a readiness within him. He undertook it because he knew that he was going to redeem you and I. He was going to redeem his sons and daughters. He was going to give them a place within himself. There was a time fixed for his suffering. A time fixed for his death. But there was another door open. As we read this morning. A door open at the tomb. To give us entrance. To eternal life. Living. The songwriter says he. Loved me. Dying he. Saved me. Buried he carried my. Sins far away. Rising he justified. Freely forgiven. Soon he is coming. Oh glorious day. These were fixed times. And he was willing. To go through those. Can we say doors? Or we could go through those situations. Because he knew what was in his mind. He steadfastly set his face to Jerusalem, a place where he would suffer, a place where he would hang on the cross and die. He was determined and was not dissuaded. Though Brother Bram said in one place, angels awaited his final decision. But he directly went to Jerusalem. He set his face as flint, knowing Knowing what was laying before him. But the Ram said in Gethsemane, in the garden of Gethsemane, 
He said, there he died a sinner. Not his sins, but mine and yours. That's where love come in. He took my sin. Oh, hallelujah. He took mine. So he kept going with his face towards Calvary to take your sin and my sin and become sin for us. He bore the agony of Golgotha. He bore the pain of Gethsemane. He bore it to give you and I not just little strength. He did not go through all that so that we could barely be Christians. And I'm leading up to a point. I want to stop that. This Christ, this God of creation, this God of glory, this God that created universe after universe, this God that created galaxy after galaxy, this God that created everything, would come down to be a man so that you and I would not live a defeated life, but you and I would live a victorious life. Does every mother and every daddy and every young person, do you actually understand now, by the grace of God, this life that was given for you and I was given so that you would have not little strength, but much strength. In him to illuminate and glorify the king of glory. It's his life now in you. His life in you. Let me ask you a question and let it become personal. Who wants to give up? Who wants to throw in the towel? Who wants to say, ah, forget it, it's not worth it? Saints of God... Can I give you an announcement? Out of and knoweth or not, everybody put a smile on your face because I'm going to make an announcement. It's going to get worse. I know, I know that is a wonderful Sunday morning message to you. But I want you to realize by the word of God that this open door has been open not for little strength, Nathan but for great strength to show Satan out of Christ the mystery God revealed that this Eve doesn't fall. She stands victorious and she crushes him instead of him crushing her. She gets the final victory over Satan himself. It's a revelation of the quickening power of God in you. It's no longer Tom Ray that lives, but now it's Christ living in Tom Ray. And if that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, who can lift up their hands and said, that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is living in me. Then if he's living in you, what kind of power, what kind of life is there for you this morning? Can you give up? Never. Will you give up? Never. That same power, that same life, that open door that once has little strength, now given us great strength, is now living in us. And Brother Bram said that quickening power is now Christ in you. 
revealing himself to you. Christ in you. This power revealing himself to you. Sister Marilyn wrote that song, Who I Am, Lord. Who I am. Who I am in Christ Jesus. We look around the room and I look at you smiling faces on the internet there and many others on the telephone hookup. We don't even actually know what we've got half the time. Some of the time, most of the time, but some of the time, well, you know, we just walk our lives. I end up in a, in a hospital and as we know, and I'll over, one service, take a service on, on it, but it'll be a long time. Uh, I just thought I was going for a few days and end up for 22 days and having different roommates and God has you there for a reason. And so I just so happened to be, uh, a roommate to a professor, and his name was Tom. So he was Professor Tom, and I was Pastor Tom. Pa- Professor Tom and Pastor. That's how the nurses addressed us. Whenever they said Tom, they had to have something in front of it, because we'd both go, what? And so they would say who we are, and over the weeks, we would discuss certain things in the scripture. And then finally at the end, he just wanted some oranges real bad. Wanted some oranges and his daughter was up in Penticton and you could only have one person come and visit you. And if she wasn't down, there's no visitor. So Joanne, of course, she was my caregiver and she would come and she would visit me. And I said, phoned her up and I said, honey, bring some oranges. They said, Professor Tom wants some oranges. We got to get Tom some oranges. So we were able to get Tom some oranges and Joanne would just talk to him a little bit and, and, uh, Finally, he said to her, he said, did you know there's a light over you? This is a man that doesn't know anything about church. This is a man that just ended up in a hospital room like I did. Just so happened to be in the same room. But he turns to her and says, did you know there's a light over you? And he says, as a matter of fact, there's a light over Tom also. And here we go on in life and we just, that's Brother Mike, Brother Tom, Brother Ben, Brother Orrin. Just no, it's sons of God. Daughters of God that have been purchased by Christ who has got an effectual door open to you. He's got a purpose and a strength and he is not going to be defeated. You are bringing forth the very life of God. It's the quickening power that is now living in you. It's not in word only, but now it's living in flesh again. God living in you. Not you telling somebody you're a Christian. Brother Bram didn't have to go telling him, hey, I'm a prophet, so call me a prophet. Or I'm a teacher. Or I'm a preacher. Or I'm an evangelist. You just live your life and the people tell you what you are. You don't have to tell anybody what you are. You just live your own life and they see the life of God and they say, You're a Christian. There's something different about you. And it gives you a a great open door. But that's the Bible. Paul writes about it in Ephesians 1 and 13. Says now in whom you've also trusted. That you have heard the word of truth. The gospel of our salvation. In wisdom. And also you have believed. And were sealed with the Holy Spirit. Of promise. Paul goes on to say. Which is 
the earnest. And we're talking about power. We're talking about a door that you had little strength. But Paul's saying now that now you've been given the earnest. Paul goes on to say, Ephesians 1.14, which is the earnest of our inheritance, the redemption of the purchased possession unto what? The praise and glory. So now you're starting to find out you got strength. The word becomes real. And now you're glorifying God. It all fits so marvelously together, saints. If Christ has become your strength giver, the word will become illuminated. And it will be a natural result to praise him. Praise the Lord. So now you've been given the earnest. You have been given the earnest of our inheritance. Paul's saying now you've been given a down payment. He's talking to the first church age. You've been given a down payment of your inheritance. A down payment means that there's more coming. So when you buy something, you put down some earnest money. That earnest money is showing that you're coming into a binding contract. And that binding contract says there's more coming to finish the deal. Right? So we know we're going in from one church age. We're going through the Smyrna. We're going to go through all Thyatira. We're going to go through Pergamos. We're going to go through all the church ages. Until we come to the last church age. When the final deal has to be closed. Where you're not just giving the down payment, you're giving the payment. So now, this door, this effectual door, has been opened to give his bride the full payment. If you look it up in the Greek, the earnest, it's like a man giving an engagement ring. Saying to his bride... One day we're going to stand at the altar and I'm going to give you the wedding band. That's full payment. She gets all of you, Orin. Full payment. So now the earnest is the engagement ring. And now in this day, Brother Bram said, God has put on your finger the ring of unmerited, the wedding band of unmerited grace and favor. A little strength? I don't think so. Little strength? Brother Tim, Sister Jessica, I don't think so. I don't think so. We're not getting a little strength. We're getting all of God. All of His Word. All of Him. Yes, sir. Brother Brown said in the church ages, in the breach, he says now the redemption means all legal possession. All that was lost by Adam and Eve. All that was lost. All that was lost. He said, in this redemption, all that is lost, this legal possession, all that Adam lost, oh my, all that was lost, the title deed, eternal life, means that you possess everything now. The title deed. Is everything Adam lost, everything Eve lost, what for, brethren? It's the possession 
of the deed. Brother Bram said he did not keep it to himself. He gave the final deed to you. You reached into this age of little strength. Now he's giving you power and strength. And you take a look at it in the Greek and we'll get into it another day. It's into the power and the dunamis of God that everything the bride desires and she'll only desire what his desire is for her. All she desires, that's why he said, ask anything in my name believing and you shall have what? Ask anything in my name believing. What shall you have? Ask anything in my name believing. You shall have what you you ask. You're not of little strength now. Deep into this age. There was angels driving you from the Garden of Eden. Now there's angels, Brother Brown, seven change messengers, driving you back to the tree of life, driving you back to Eden so that you will not have little strength, Ben, that you'll actually stand as a son and daughter of God. Proof to this Laodicean age, there are they that overcome. Thanks be to God. He said, Christ is here. The wheat is here. The same God in the time of trouble Are you ready, saints, as we shut down? Time of trouble. He said, the same God that came walking. Brother Tim, are you listening to me? I can see you there. Way down there. He said, the same God that came walking on that sea is the same God that's walking into your living room. Amen. Not to give you little strength, to give you strength to illuminate him to glorify the king of glory. Listen, musicians, please come. He said, Christ is here. He says in the message, harvest time, the wheat's here. Christ is here. The word is here. He said, look at that time where he said, peace be still in Mark 4 and 39. He said, there is trouble. He said in the message, a prophet unto Moses, he said, There's trouble. Hello? There's trouble. There's trouble. There's trouble on every hand. There's no place to go. Are you listening real close now? This is the last quote here. He said, in this hour that we're living, there's trouble on every hand. There's no place to go. Sickness is crowding so hard against the scientific researches till they have not medicines that'll touch the disease. And the atomic bomb, see, the missile race, the world shaken, the church is in its condition, but Jesus has come walking on the waters of humanity. Jesus has come walking on these waters. That same Jesus that walked on the sea that night has walked right into this meeting. Hello, Ken. God bless you. He's walked right into this meeting. Right down 
You want to call me a holy roller? Go ahead and call me a holy roller. But I feel like shouting, yes, sir. The Christ of the Bible, the God of history, is walking right into this congregation. I want to say wherever you are this morning, Linden, Bellingham, Seattle, wherever you would be, Cloverdale, Langley, Surrey, he is the same God that walked into that congregation. Oh, he says, I feel like, what's he doing? What was that word to do? Was to strengthen, illumine, and to glorify. He says, now that same God is here to take away your trouble, to strengthen you, to illuminate he's here. He says, oh, I feel like shouting. I feel like shouting. Yes, sir. The Christ of the Bible, the God of history, is walking right in here on the promise of his resurrection. Think about it, Mike. That was his promise. So now, here's the word walking right out onto the promise. I want to ask you this morning, the promises you ask, what would you have need of? What what, what would you desire? Is he giving me little strength or is he giving me much strength? Am I here now to see that word come alive in me so that I might illuminate and glorify him? Maybe he wants to come into your little room and make the word of God more alive to you, Michael, Andrew, Victor. Different ones that are got your hands raised. Maybe he wants you just to come walking right into your little living room saying, I need a situation change. I need God to get a hold of my long lost son. I need to be looking as a daddy, not looking at the situation, but I need to be looking down and saying, my son's coming home. Maybe you want to bow your head and say, Father God, I want this kind of blessing. I need you to give me strength, Lord. Not just a quote out of a church age book. Where now it reaches deep into this age. Not little strength. He's giving you great strength. He's illuminating the word. The word is living in me. And I'm going to glorify him by living a life worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why don't you just bow your heads with me this morning. All I want is you. Nothing else will do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All I want is you. That's all we want, Lord. Nothing else will do. We haven't been called to an age, Lord, where we can barely just make it. We're called to an age to live a victorious life in Christ Jesus. If Anipus and all the martyrs could run to their death, go to the stake without their hands being tied, and then a prophet turn around and say, the faith that made them do that is the faith that makes you live an everyday life in Christ Jesus. When all hell is pouring out, 
there's a people that's saying, Oh, I Father, as we bow our heads with our eyes closed and our hands lifted to heaven. What an age we're living in. As your prophet said in one place, troubles on every hand. Diseases they don't even have medicines for. That doesn't trouble a believer's heart. That makes us want to run into you more. This great door of opportunity, an effectual door has been opened to me. And in him is strength. And in him is the opening of the word. In him, we want to glorify the king of glory. So Lord, as we ponder these many scriptures and quotes this morning, maybe not a demonstrative type of meeting, But Lord, we are not weakened by the conditions. We are strengthened by them. Because we're not looking at the God of this evil age. We're looking at the God of glory that has come in this evil age. I want to wrap myself as Adam wrapped himself in the robes of those bloody skins. I'll wrap myself in the robe of your bloody word. And we'll stand We will believe 
And we'll rejoice in the goodness of God. I ask it in the name of Jesus. Bless your children. In Jesus' name. With my hands lifted up. With With my my hands lifted up And my mouth filled with praise With the heart of thanksgiving I will bless thee, O Lord I will bless before. Anybody here? Just Tom? Hello, there's one, two. Been in a battle. When they went into battle in the Old Testament and they won, you know what they did? They praised him. They praised him. They won the battle because they realized the battle wasn't their fight. It was God's fight. I want you to understand this is not your battle. This is the Lord's battle. So you know that song I wanted to sing this morning? Blessed be the name of my rock. Not little strength. Oh, blessed be the name of my rock. Who trains my hands for war. Who causes me to walk in his overcoming power forevermore.
gotta prove I'm one in a million And I'm gonna show The power of the blood I'm gonna prove I'm not like those from Satan's Eden I've got to show that I'm a person That this world wonderful. I just asked Brother Marco, is everything okay? The neighbors are a little upset, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Hey, if it's for the gospel, we'll praise his holy name. Amen. We'll stand on thus saith the Lord. We're not a people, a weak-kneed people. We are victorious sons and daughters of God. Tonight, Brother Ernie's going to minister. Wednesday night, Brother John is going to minister here in Cloverdale. So we've just got a great week ahead. So God bless you. Greet your family for me and tell them Sister Joanne and Brother Tom miss them very much. We love you all. Until we meet again, God be with you.